was a judges, Joshua, uh, he, uh, he passed away. And then, of course, it goes over in, in the first chapters of Judges, reiterates somewhat the same thing it was in, uh, in, the, uh, in the last chapter, the last, last talk I was talking about was Judges chapter 1. And when it was telling, it was saying there in verse 27, said, and well, they were saying that uh, they were they were they were satisfied. Joshua was dying, and so uh, he was doling out the land to the various twelve tribes of Israel. They, each tribe has had their area, and I guess it's kind of like really humanity is of us today. You know, uh, this is this is going to be your part. Here's yours. Here's the stakes. You know, it's, it, he was laying it out. Amen. This is. This is uh, Judah's part. This is uh, Benjamin's part, and, and so on and so forth. And after they got divided up to their part, they took off after it. They wanted to go see about it. Like, uh, I married me a wife that can't come. And I married me a little, I got a little yoke of oxen, and I've got to go test them out. Uh, got to go excuse the reason why they wasn't going to defeat the enemy. Verse 27, we, we, I think we read some of these. Verse 27 said, Neither did Manasseh drive out the inhabitants of Bathshemesh and her towns. Amen. And then goes back down to the next verse, verse 29. It says, Neither did Ephraim drive out the Canaanites that dwell in, in Gezer. Gezer. Amen. And, uh, and the Canaanites dwelled in, in Gezer among them. And so when you start living among the people that's supposed to be defeated, you'll, you'll, you'll lose your desire. 30, verse 30, amen, neither did Zebulun. Verse 31, neither did Asher. Verse 33, neither did Naphtali. Amen, they, they didn't drive them out. They wanted to go check on their property was given to them, amen, by, by Joshua. And so they... Uh, fighting for each other. And, uh, and in the process, they lived among those that they were supposed to be defeated. God said he'd drive them out if you'd put the forth the effort. Amen. He would go before them. But when they wasn't going nowhere, he couldn't go nowhere. God didn't go nowhere. Amen. Judges chapter 2 and verse, 20, and verse 1. And the angel of the Lord came unto Gil, Gilgal, amen, to Bochum. And said, I made you to go up out of Egypt and have brought you unto the land which I swear unto you, your fathers. And I said, I will never break my covenant with you. This is God talking. And you shall make no league with the inhabitants of this land. You shall throw down, amen, their altars. But you have not obeyed my voice. Why have ye done this? Come, you didn't. Amen. You know, I, okay, um, this, I'm going to slice it in here. The problem with this generation, they just want enough love and they want enough, enough of God just to kind of get by. Amen. And they're not very eager to, amen, to know more. I, I want to know you in the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. amen. Fellowship of your suffering. Amen. That's what Paul was praying. I want to know the Lord that way. Verse 4 says, It came to pass 
that when the angel of the Lord spake these words unto all the children of Israel, that the people lifted up their voices and wept. And they called the name the place Boshem. Amen. And they sacrificed unto the Lord. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went every man unto his inheritance to possess it. Just when Joshua said, it's dismissed, they said, they went every direction. Amen. They wept and cried about the problem, but they did not, they didn't solve it, did they? And then you read on down in this second chapter, in verse number 14, and the angel of the Lord was against what hot against Israel, and he delivered them into the hands of the spoilers and spoiled them, and they sold them into the hands of their enemies around about, so that they could not any longer stand before their enemies. Whithersoever they went out, amen, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord had said, and as the Lord had sworn unto them, and they were greatly distressed. Sounds almost like the church in this generation. Amen. We want a revival, brothers and sisters. one One is on the way if we don't stop it from getting here. Amen. That's just like God will work for us, but he will not do our work for us. Let me see if I can find that again. God will work for us, but he is not going to work for us. Did y'all, I mean, almost repeating myself, but there's a different meaning in that, right? Amen. Amen. He has told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You know, we preach that Sunday. But he is not going without us. Amen, and I don't mean that just you and I, but somebody's got to carry the word, and somebody's got to pray. Now, I believe, I believe that we can pray for countries, and God can give the light to some of those that's praying, and it has happened. We have, we have sent missionaries to countries and found out when we got there that somebody had already beat us there, the Lord. And we had asked them, amen, there's some countries in Africa, they said, where did where, where'd you, where'd, who, who brought you this message? They said, God. Amen. So we were down praying, and the Lord was just turn the lights on. Amen. And, and then in Judges chapter 17 through 19, or, or chapter 2 in verse 17 through 19, and yet they would not hearken unto the judges that they went at, a, a whoring after other gods and bowing themselves unto them. They, they turned quickly out of the way which their fathers walked in and obeying, amen, the commandments of the Lord, but they did not so. And when the Lord raised up the judges, then the Lord was with the judges and delivered them out of the hands of the enemy. Amen. So the judge that God would pick out would give them victory. But sometimes they wouldn't, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't hardly get, amen, through the battle that God was winning. And they'd go right back to the place that they were. Amen. It's a sad situation. Amen. When you've got angels trying to help you, you've got judges that God's anointed trying to help you. 
Amen. And, and um, there, now there were several judges. I'm not going to spend much time going throughout the judges period of time. But each one of those, what, what's the judge? You know, when we say judges, so there was several judges. But what were their, what was their calling? First of all, when God would anoint them, what would they do? They would judge the people, bring them to repentance, fight a battle, win the battle. And they said they wouldn't obey the judges after that. You know, they go right back to where they were. That's, that's the whole book of Judges. It's almost, amen, just, a, just a up and down, up and down. Amen. Amen. Now, the, the, the most, it's in my notes here. Let me read it to you. But the one who's covered the most attention in all the book of Judges was a guy by the name of Samson. Now, isn't that something? He covered four chapters of Judges. Judges chapter 13 and, uh, and on. And, uh, and, and <laughs> I see, I'm going to read this. And what a sad failure God's judges was, especially Samson. The one thing I wanted you to notice that these leaders, the leadership of Israel, amen, was not of the tribe of Levi. The Levitical priesthood, amen, is totally silent throughout the book of Judges. They had no, they had no spiritual compass from the, from the, from the priesthood. And uh, God would raise up judges, which was not, amen, uh, Levites, amen, and which uh, we, uh, we recognize as, the, as the, where all the spiritual leadership was in, in back up of the children of Israel up until now during the time of the judges. Amen. Praise God. Joshua, even Joshua, he was, a, he was an Ephraimite. Uh, you can read that in Judges chapter 2 and verse 7 through 11. And for the next 300 years, now brothers, for 300 years, now I'm talking about angels and their ministry. Amen. There was no spiritual leadership just very few times did God, amen, have an angel or spoke, amen, during this period of judges because they, uh, it was just a, as, as I would probably say, it was just, they just have a revival. Amen. And when the revival is over, they go right back to where they were. Amen. I'm, I'm kind of saying it like it is, you know, today. Uh, we, we, we can have a revival and we can get several people in the church. Amen. And uh, if, I don't know, we got, this, we got to lock the back door. <laughs> uh, amen. Amen. And now, I want to bring you to 1 Samuel. He's going to bypass the, go through the rest of the judges. And you know the story. Brother Harrelson preached from this, I think. Sometime back, I can't remember when, how long it's been. Anybody know? When did Brother Harrison preached from, from Samuel? Did he preach from Samuel? I thought I remember him preaching there. How about October the 25th?
Amen. So Brother Harold just got through preaching on Samuel and the call of Samuel. Amen. I think it was him that preached that this last weekend. Uh, and uh, I, I want to read a story here in, in this. Uh, first of all, I'll read First uh, Samuel, or excuse me, Second Samuel, chapter twenty-four. Second Samuel chapter twenty-four, and I'll read the first two verses, and then we'll we'll move on from there. Amen. Second chapter, and again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and He moved David. Listen to this story, and again the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel, and He moved David against them to say, go number Israel and Judah. For the king said to Joab, the captain of the host, which was with him, go now throughout all the tribes of Israel from Dan even to Beersheba, and number ye the people, amen, that I may know the number. And that's what David told Joab. Joab was quite, Joab, you know, he was, he's, David's uh, armor bearer. He was the captain of the coast. Amen. His army. Amen. And Joab said unto the king, Now the Lord thy God add unto thee people, how many soever he be, and hundredfold, and that the eyes of the Lord, the, the king, may see it. But why dost thou, my Lord, the king, delight in this thing? I don't understand why you're doing this. That's amazing. Joab was trying to say, David, I, you know, if the Lord added to it, it doesn't matter. We've never lost a battle. We don't, we don't, why, why are you wanting to? But you just read the first verse. And again, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel. And he moved David against them to say, Go number Israel and Judah. Verse 10. And David's heart smote him after that he had numbered the people. And David said unto the Lord, I have sinned greatly in that I have done. And now I beseech thee, O Lord, take away the iniquity of thy servant that I may you mean that I have done very foolishly. And you, I'm sure that most of you know the story. God gave David a choice of three different things, amen, to, to do. Here's what you're going to have to do. Now, all of this whole story was because God moved David to number him. And you know the story, the rest of it. When, when David interceded there in prayer for the people, God amen, showed him the angel of the Lord that was, that was uh, destroying the people. And David offered the sacrifice, you know, to, uh, to stop that. But this, this is quite an unusual story because it was God saying, I'm going to get a David. To, 
pronounced judgment upon Israel because of his wrongdoing. He told him what to do, and it was wrong. But God was angry because Israel wasn't repenting. So the preacher, so David, the king, so God, God moved on his man that was after his own heart to pronounce judgment upon the people because they would not listen to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. What a story. Amen. It was just the word of God. Amen. Word of the Lord came into him. Amen. He related. Praise God. First Kings chapter 10 or first 19. First Kings. Now I'm just hitting the I'm not taking everyone. First Kings chapter 19. And I'll read the first or verse 5 through 7. 1 Kings 19, verse 5. And as he lay in sleep under a juniper tree, behold, there was an angel touched him and said unto him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a cake baked on the coals and the screws of water at his head. And he did eat and drink and lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, because the journey is too great for thee. Now this is, this is the time that God visited Elijah. And you know what Elijah had done. He had just, he had just, amen, called fire down from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, and just prayed until the water came down from heaven. Amen. As he, had, as he had said, God was orchestrating him. God was talking to him. God was directing uh, Elijah's life. But, but here when David got on the run, the angel had to go and talk to him. Tapped him on the shoulder and said, rise and eat. Amen. Amen. He was, he was fleeing. And you know the story. He went on down to Sinai. And he actually, his story would tell us he, he got up in the same mountain where Moses met the Lord. And he, uh, he got into a cave and he sat there. And the storm came and God started talking then. He said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Now, can I just preach a little bit on talk of that? God allowed Elijah to go through all this process Fleeing from Jezebel. I don't know why he was doing that. He'd call fire down from heaven. He'd slew 450 prophets of Baal. Run all the way to, to, to uh, Jezreel. And, uh, and then when Jezebel said what she said, he was human, wasn't he? And he, uh, he took off running. Amen. When the people told Jesus that they were out to kill him, he said, the king was, Herod was, he said, you go tell that fox, you know, I'm preaching here and today and I'll tomorrow, I don't remember exactly how he quoted, but in other words, I'm not running nowhere. Amen. Amen. Praise God. 
And so, you know, the Lord turned Elijah back. Amen. And uh, hallelujah. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 35. I'm not going to tell the story, but the story was this. When Hezekiah, amen, the armies, the Assyrians came and, was, and Snecherib said, you go, you go tell, you tell the king, don't, don't you trust in, don't you trust in the, the, your armies or don't trust, you don't, don't you can't, you can't trust, don't you trust that king because he's going to get you all killed or whatever. And uh, Hezekiah just laid that thing before the Lord. Let, here's the letter that was wrote to me. God read it and he said, I'll take care of that. Second Kings chapter 19, verse 35, one angel went out that night and slew 185,000 Assyrians. Pretty good work for one night, for one, one angel. Amen. One angel stood. Hallelujah. You cannot overlook, and I'm just going through, you cannot overlook two of the stories that I'm going to tell right now of the angels. Daniel. Daniel told the story in his book of what happened. Nebuchadnezzar had dreamed a dream and Daniel told the interpretation of it and he got the big head. So he built an image of that and wanted everybody to bow to it. But there was three boys that wouldn't. And you, you, amen. Uh, and so I, I, I I was amusing on that today, or well, a few days ago, and I was, I was wondering, you know, uh, you know, these things, God, why, why didn't you intervene there? And uh, what, what, what I felt like, I don't know where it was me or the Spirit spoke to me, he said, well, yeah, there's been, it was, it, it, it caused thousands of preachers to be, have something to preach. They went, in the, they went into the, to the uh, furnace. And Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and said, I see four. And we, we just cast three in there. I see four. And then you can read the story. Amen. Amen. Daniel chapter 3. You can read the story that Nebuchadnezzar became a believer in God. And so God does not save us from the storms. Many times he takes us through it. And there is a greater testimony than it would be if he said, don't you worry about Nebuchadnezzar. I can tell him change his mind, he'll change his mind. Don't worry about it. Just let him go ahead and do what he wants to do. And I got some preachers down in the 20th century going to be preaching about that all the time. <laughs> Hello? Amen. Okay, Daniel in the lion's den. God could intervene any time during that period of time. He let man go on and do all of his stuff. Amen. They threw Daniel in the lion's den. Yeah. And probably more preachers have preached about Daniel in the lion's den than they did in the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. But a greater testimony came out of it all. Now the first... Amen. Three, three Hebrew boys, we call them. They were the, uh, of the country of, of the Babylon. Daniel got thrown the lion's den with the Persian kingdom. And they got to believe in God too. 
Amen. Oh, Daniel, amen, whose God you serve, is he continually able to deliver thee? Amen. amen. Oh, King, live forever. God has sent his angel amen. and sh- shut the mouth of the lions. He did not keep me from the lion's den, but he kept me in the lion's den. And that would be a good text for somebody to preach. Sometimes God don't keep you from the storms of life. He don't keep you from the problem situations in life. But he wants to get glory sometimes that will show his power and glory to you and through you by helping you through him. Amen. God is with us in the storms of life. God's with us. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I, I, I was reading this and I was getting inspired. I, I would want to kind of hang up and preach a little while on that. But, but that's, that's some stories. And I've been going through the Old Testament of all these and just major stories or mighty stories of God's angels taking care of his people. In all circumstances. Amen. God go before them and fight the battles and, and they could put the choir out there and, uh, and, and win victory. And then other times, other times, when Israel wasn't right with God, God would talk to a guy that he knew. David, I want you to go number Israel. You're not supposed to do that. Joab, Joab said, you know, no, you, why, why are you doing this? You go number Israel. Amen. And God was saying judgment upon the Israelites. That's what he was doing. And he was talking to David to set the stage for it. Amen. And now the first six chapters of Zedekiah is about angels and I'm I mean there's there's a lot of angelical talk there and I'm not that's that's and then I'm going to conclude with the Old Testament and talk about the New Testament amen angels angels I'm just taking I'm just tonight uh, I'm going through both the experiences of people and angels and uh, there's some great stories there, isn't it? And then when you open up the New Testament, angels. Luke, the first chapter. If you want to turn to Luke, the first chapter. And uh, we'll begin reading at the uh, eighth verse. Luke chapter one and verse number eight. It says it like this. Amen. And it came to pass that while he executed the priestly office before God in the order of his course, according to the customs of the priesthood, or priest's office, amen. So uh, Zechariah, he, uh, he was in the temple, and he was offering, offering up uh, sacrifice or praises to God on the golden altar, amen. And while he was executing his part of the ministry, amen, of the sacrifice for the day, amen. Then God's, amen, appeared to him there, amen, 
and, and, and he, the whole multitude of the people were praying out without at the time of the incense. And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayers are his heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And uh, when, when God says something to you, it's just best that you say, I believe what you're saying. Praise God. I'm glad to, glad to know that we've been trying to have a baby. But Zacharias was like 99% of us. Hello. Yeah. Amen. And the angels said unto Zacharias, Fear not. Amen. For thy prayers again, and thou shalt have, even have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at this his birth. And he said, Or he shall, excuse me, he shall be great, amen, and, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. And I, he shall feel, be filled with the Holy Ghost even from his mother's womb. And many of the, chil- the children of Israel shall be turned to the Lord their God. And he shall go before the, him. Amen. And, and so forth. And Zacharias, verse 18 says, Unto the angel, whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife is well stricken in years. Now, you, you said this, but how do I know? Well, I'm going to give you a sign. You ain't going to speak another word until the baby's born. Amen. Amen. Sometimes angels bring good tidings, and sometimes they bring some, some things that been best if we'd have believed them to start with. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And then you can turn back to Matthew, the first chapter, six months later. Six months later. Matthew chapter, uh, chapter 1 and verse 18. Amen. And now the birth of Jesus Christ is on this wise that when his mother, Mary, was a spouse to Joseph before they had come together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And Joseph, her husband, being, mind, being a just man and, and was not willing to make her a public example, was mindful to put her away. But while he thought on these things, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary, thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. She's got to bring forth a son. They bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Amen. Now, the, the story is also about, amen, when Hail Mary, uh, Tell you what's going to happen to you. You're going to have a you're going to have a baby. The Holy Ghost is going to overshadow you. You're going to bring forth a child. Amen. You've heard this song, preached and preached and preached, but the messengers, in, in both in in uh, 
John the Baptist's birth and also in Jesus' birth. Amen. Was sent by angels. I, I, I'm, I'm going to ask a question here. I don't know for sure. Uh, you, you, if you don't want to talk, say or whatever, or you, or you have or haven't. How many have ever seen angels in this congregation? One? Okay, I've, I've never seen an angel. I've heard God talk to me several times, but I've never seen an angel. And uh, I'm not really, uh, I don't know. I've never really prayed for angels. I just know I can feel them. I know they're around about me. I know that sometimes uh, they, they convict me. They talk to me, amen, in a, in a, in a convicting way. No, even something is, but but here the, the 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 great things that the Lord was endeavoring to do, Lord God, He let the angels bring the message. Praise God, Amen. And uh, could I just pause to uh, to uh, say right here that. Uh, the, uh, the, the Mary is espoused to be uh, uh, the wife of Joseph. And uh, we, we've talked about that, I think, a few weeks ago, about Mary, how old she was in the Sunday school lesson a couple of weeks ago. She was a very young teenager. Mary was probably, born, uh, probably married to Joseph quite a number of years. I don't know. You, you understand the the. Uh, the the culture of that day and the culture of today over in that area. Just, uh, they was, when a man see a young, young girl, he would, he, would, he would ask the parents for her hand in marriage. And uh, he would, you'd have to wait until she got grown, but he, she was already asked for. I mean, some people kind of was afraid to go out and try to, uh, uh, there's, uh, there's, I don't, it's, human beings are changed. They're strange, aren't they? Amen. And some young boys will chase every girl, you know, everywhere. And others will be afraid to ask him for a date because they've turned her down, turned him down. And uh, so he would live for the next 20 years without, you know, asking another one. But back in those days, Joseph said, I want to marry that girl when she gets grown. Okay, okay. I want two camels and so forth. They had to buy them. And so Mary was espoused. So God took the culture of that day and chose a virgin that was espoused to a husband, but never, they had never came together. Why was that? Was because if she had, didn't have a husband, she wouldn't be living. They would have stoned her. But her husband protected her. They said, that's my wife. God knows how to handle every situation. 
Praise God. Amen. When Jesus was born, the angels were so happy that they got a choir together and started singing up on the hillsides of Judea. Right? Shepherds keeping their flocks by night. Amen. And a whole choir of angels was, was there just to give praise and glory at his birth in Bethlehem and told the people where to find him. Praise God. Amen. Angels were a part of, played a part in the, in the Garden of Gethsemane when Jesus was praying. Jesus was praying and the angels came to his side and strengthened him. Praise God. Hello? Amen. You can find that in the scripture here. I think in Luke 24, 22 and 40, 41 through 43. They were involved in Jesus' resurrection. Uh, Matthew chapter 28. We'll, we'll read some of this. Matthew chapter 28. And I'll begin reading at verse number 1. In the end of the Sabbath... Amen. At, at the beginning of the dawning of the, toward the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to, to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake and the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door of the... Amen. Praise God. And sat down on the stone. Amen. And it tells how the countenance was. An angel opened up the door for Jesus to walk out of the tomb. Yeah, I, I'm just saying that, but that's, that's, what, that's what it is here. They either opened up the door for him to come out or opened up the door so we could see in. Whichever one, whichever. Amen. Hallelujah. Just speaking what the angels are doing. Luke chapter 24, verses 22 through 23. John chapter 20 and verses 11 through 12. Amen. Tells us the same stories, more or less, in various, various, various times there. But the angels were involved in Jesus' birth, his prayer in the garden, his resurrection, and you're involved in our lives too. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise God. First, Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17. Uh, just let me, let me start at verse 14. Amen. For the love of Christ constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that the die, he died for all, that they that live should henceforth live unto them, not unto themselves, amen, but unto him that died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth, know we not no man after the flesh, yea, though that we have known Christ after the flesh, but now we, we henceforth know him no more. Therefore, if a man, if, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away, and the old things have become new. 
All things are of God, things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by the Jesus Christ and hath given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, God was in Christ, amen, reconciling us to himself. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17, you can read on down to 20, 21st verse. Amen. Talks about it would be a new person, new, new world. Amen. And a new creation. Amen. Being Christ. He is a new creature. Creation. Praise God. Hallelujah. These, these are the scriptures that talks to us. And I'm I'm going to change the subject now because I've covered pretty well most of the most important uh, passage of Scripture where there's angels visit. And of course, there's a lot of, a lot of them I'm, I'm, I'm skipping up and leaving off. Amen. But I want to talk about the characteristics of angels. I conclude tonight by that. The characteristics of angels. Uh, and when I say that, let's turn to Mark, the 8th chapter. And the 38th verse, Mark chapter 8 and verse 38. We got a lot more things to say about angels and what they are and what they do and, and et cetera. But uh, here's their characteristics. Mark chapter 8, verses 38 says, Now John answered him saying, oh, excuse, I'm, that's in my nine, I'm sorry. I stuck my pages together here. Mark 8 and 38. Amen. I'll, I'll back up and read verse 35. For whosoever will save his life is going to lose it. But whosoever shall lose his life or, or lose his life for my sake in the gospel, and the same shall save it. For what shall a man profit if he gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Wheresoever, therefore, shall be ashamed of me and of my words, in, in this adulterous and sinful generation, to him also shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he cometh into his glory with his Father and with the holy angels. Amen. Angels are holy. Those that are not holy ain't there. They're running around in America. Running around Dothan, some of them are trying to mess you folk up. But it says it here, when Jesus comes to his kingdom, whatever, the holy angels, they're holy angels. All right, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 22. First thing you need to know, angels are holy all right, Matthew chapter 22 and verse 30, that's this verse 29, Jesus answered and said unto them, you do error not knowing the scriptures nor the power of God because they had, they'd give him a little, little, little thing there about uh, a poor, poor lady she married so many times, I don't know how many now, it was all them brothers got married and they was trying to catch Jesus. And whose wife shall he be or she be in the resurrection? He said, your problem is you don't know the scripture. Amen. 
For in the resurrection, there is neither marriage nor given in marriage, but are as the angels of God in heaven. Angels and God, they are the, with the angels and God in heaven. They don't, they don't get married. Um, I, I know that there is, a, there is an organization that believes in heaven. They go, the same family that they had down here is going to be up there. Their families, if they're all there, it's going to have a family reunion, husband and wife and so forth. I, uh, you know, they're without sex, without desire. Matthew chapter 20, Matthew 22 and 30, lets us know that angels are not, amen, marrying in heaven. Amen. And to me, that nullifies Genesis chapter 6 and verse 1 through 7 that two weeks ago we was talking about where the sons of God was marrying the daughters of men were not angels. I don't know. I, 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 I don't have an answer for all of it. In fact, I'm not even worried about it. I'm just going to get to heaven and I'll ask God to explain it to us. But right now, ain't nobody got an answer for it. Matthew chapter 24, number three. They don't marry. Amen. But Matthew 24 and 30, 32, on, it says, angels are limited in their intelligence. Amen. Now learn the parables of the fig tree. Learn the parables of the fig tree. Uh, Amen. When it was, the branches were yet tender and put forth leaves, ye know that summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when you are, you shall see all these things, know that it is near, even at the door at the coming of the Lord. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass until all these things be fulfilled. Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, no, not even the angels in heaven. They just obey God, do what he bid them, and he, they don't know. They don't know all the things that God is doing. Amen. And neither do you and I, and aren't you glad sometimes they, they don't? Amen. You know, I, I, heard, I heard this story. It's, it's, I, I shouldn't even tell this story like this, but this, this genie was in the bottle. And the man, the genie told the man, said, you got one wish. We, you, you, I'll give you one wish, whatever you want, I'll give it. And he thought for a minute, and he said, uh, I want a year's prescription to the Wall, Wall Street Journal. But I want it backwards. I want next year's now. <laughs> and so I can walk back every day I get the... And so he, was, he got all the things and he was going to spend his money 
and he was and he he made multiplied millions of dollars until they got to the last day the last day last day's Wall Street Journal and it said Mr. So and so one of the most wealthy men in the United States just fell dead He got the obituary, he read the obituary of his own death. Oh my. Some people's desire sometimes is, is, is put in the wrong place, isn't it? Amen. I'm glad that God don't tell me a lot of things. Amen. He don't even talk to his angels about things. Amen. Let's look back at Noah. Now, I want to read Genesis, the seventh chapter. And uh, read uh, Genesis chapter 7 and verse number 1 through 4. And the Lord said unto Noah, Come, and thou and all thy house into the ark, and for thee, for, for for thee have I seen righteousness before me in this generation. Of every clean beast thou shalt take to thee in thy sevens, and the male and the female, and the beasts that are not clean by twos, the male and the female, of the fowls also of the air by sevens, male and the females, and keep seed alive upon the face of the, all the earth. For yet seven days will I cause it to rain upon the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living substance that I have made will, will I destroy from off the face of the earth. And Noah did according to all, amen, all that the Lord commanded him. And Noah was six hundred years old when, he, when the flood of the waters were upon the earth. And Noah went in, and his sons and his wives and his sons and his wives and went with him into the ark because the waters of the flood of clean beasts and so on and so forth. Amen. They, they were all going into the ark. Verse number 10. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood were upon the earth. Now the reason why that there was nobody else Scratching and wanting in the door or try to run in the door or whatever. That time, they went a cloud in the sky. And they still thought Noah was probably one of the dumbest one people he ever was there was seen and, and so forth. And, and they weren't worried. And Noah got in there and sat there for seven days. From the time that he, God closed the door, seven days later, Clouds started gathering. No one's right. But it was too late. Amen. Because nobody knew. And God didn't tell Noah it's going to rain tomorrow. He said, you just go into darkness. Be obedient. You know what? Most of us, I, I would say, has really not a very good uh, sense of exactly when the Lord is coming. 
The only Bible says, be ye also ready in such an hour that you think not. Amen. But I just wanted to to show you, amen, that Noah, Noah didn't know when the rain was going to come. He was just being obedient to God. And I am sure, I am sure he was a human being that he sat there for seven days and wondered. But he was obedient. Amen. He didn't know. So neither do you and I know the angels don't know, and neither do you and I. Amen. Angels are the bearers, amen, of those that die in the Lord. Luke chapter 16, verse 20. Verse 22. Lazarus, amen, also died and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. I'm not reading these scriptures, but uh, I just want to kind of get through this tonight. Amen. Amen. So the angels, the angels are God's servants. Amen. To bear us up. Angels stand ready to be obedient. Amen. And obey God's commandments. Matthew chapter 26 and verse 52 through 54. They're they're at the Lord's command. (laughs) I heard a preacher Preached one time. He was he was he was preaching. I think he's preaching at general conference. I can't remember now. Some some big meeting I was at, and uh, he was telling about what had happened to him and how that God had been dealing with him uh, for the last few weeks or months. And he had a word from the Lord for the congregation. So he was preaching, and he said, "I, I I've been to where I get up every morning and I say, at your service, Lord. At your service. I'm at your command." And he said, God has been really, really dealing with him and, and leading him in directions. I don't know. Uh, that sounded good to me, you know, that uh, we would be at, at God's command. And we're supposed to be. Whatever the Lord wants, the problem of this generation is God can deal with people in this pews. You could look back over this congregation if you were sitting up on the platform sometime and look and see God dealing with people that needs to come and pray. Amen. And... Uh, and, and they're just going to tell God, no. I don't know what else they say. I ain't got time for you now. Or I'll, at my inconvenient season, I'll call on you and, and whatever. But I don't know. But I know God is calling people. Amen. And he that hath an ear to hear should be hearing. Listen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Also, Amen. He accompanies Jesus on his return. Matthew 25 and verse 31 through 33. When Jesus comes back again, he's going to come back with all of his holy angels. Amen. Uh, could I say this? Uh, when Jesus comes back, he's going to come back with us. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, he's not the angels altogether. I believe he's coming back with his saints. To execute judgment, the Bible says. Praise God. And I got more, but one more, and I'm going to quit. Angels were special, have a special interest in God's little ones. Matthew chapter 18 and verse number 10. Suffer the little children to come unto me. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Angels, amen. 
this, this scripture says that, that the, the angels of the children are always in, in the, in the, before God. Amen. means the spirit of the, the children. And I will just say this. I wonder, I wonder about all of these babies that's been aborted. I just wonder if they will be greeting their parents when they get before the judge. Because the angels, the children's angel, there's an angel assigned to them. Just like you and I, the angel of the Lord camped around about us. Those are the babies. They are too. They're always before the Lord. Matthew 18, 20 and 10. Amen. Praise God. Why don't we just stand and let's ask God to help us to uh, have an understanding of how his spirit world works. How his spirit world works or how his spirit amen, deals with us. Because I believe God is working. And brothers and sisters, let's pray for revival. It's, churches are closing their Sunday night services. Well, we just don't have much of, you know, we, we, just, we just don't have very many people to come. When I, when I came to Dothan, it was about a year after I got here, and my boss man, my boss man, I needed some chairs uh, for us to start with, and he gave him the chairs, and then and he started talking to me about, uh, I worked for about a year and a half, two years, and he started talking to me about, he says, uh, he went to Lafette Street Methodist Church, which is now not, not that was the first Methodist church in, in, uh, in Dothan. He said, how many, how many folks you have come in on Wednesday night? I, in fact, I was what it was, I was working in Tallahassee, Florida, and I was driving back to Dothan that night, to, and I was having to go back and stay at uh, um, Wednesday night there, and Thursday night, and come home back Friday night. But he would let me come back to Dothan for teach a Bible study on a Wednesday night. How many, how many people like how many people you got go come on Wednesday night? And at that time, we had close to 30 people that would come to church on Wednesday night. And that's been 1970. We ain't grown very much about that. That was, that was probably over two-thirds, or I'd say at least half to two-thirds of our congregation at that time. And he said, wow! I go to Lafette Street Methodist Church, and we don't have that many on Wednesday night, and we run 500. On a Sunday. So Wednesday nights died out to the other churches. And we kept on going, still going some. I hope we can just keep on going. And then now Sunday night is out to many of the churches. Where will it stop? I can tell you where it's going to stop. It's going to stop when they close the doors on them. If God don't bring a revival to America, if God don't bring a revival to us, amen. And one man said one time, he said, uh, 
this is changing the subject just a little bit. He said, "You folks, you think you, uh, you think you're, a, you're right in your doctrine? Yes, I, 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 I believe my doctrine." He said, "Well, what would you do if you were the only one that believed what you believe?" He said, "Well, I just bring a circle about me and I say, here's your church, God. You can come get it.'" Amen. In other words, I believe it's so strong. Amen. That I'm not changing. And I don't think we ought to change. That's right, amen. We need a revival. Amen. amen. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, and Friday, and maybe Saturday night, we'd, 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 we, would, we would let that be until, so we'd have to be back in church Sunday morning. Amen. But, but that's, that's where it used to be. I don't know, I don't know brothers and sisters. I, I've, I've thought about this. And forgive me, I know I, I ramble a lot. I hope you enjoy some of the things I'm saying anyway. But one Wednesday night, maybe sometime, I'm just going to sit down with you folks right here, and I'm just going to sit down and tell my story. Amen. And you can record it. And at least I will, uh, I hope to leave a memory. Amen. Because I think there's a whole lot of things that would probably shock you, or, and I'm sure not, because most of you have heard history of what all I've seen, what I've experienced, and what all has happened, even through the years. And I, and I, I would love to see it continue on. I'd love to continue seeing it on, continue on. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, for those holy angels that, Lord, you send to be with us, to camp around about us. Whether I see them or not is not something that I'm just so eagerly wanting. Be fine, God, I would love it. But I really want to know your presence and know your voice and feel, God, that you eat urging us on. And Lord, I pray that some way, God, that you will not send us on some journey that you did, David, just so you could put judgment upon the people. Not, like, let, not get the preacher up, God, and make him say things. I pray, God, that I don't ever say things that would hurt. Or God, but we, we do need to be awakened. And God, you can, you can wake us up, wake us up. I pray it, Lord, for your glory and for the salvation of the souls of mankind. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you.